Welcome to the Crossroads Youth Podcast. We hope this encourages and empowers you to be connected to God and one another. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. So what do you think of when you hear love story? For me, it's automatically movies. Like movies showcase these romantic flings, these summer flings, these romances and love stories. And I really looked this week, like what are the top grossing love stories of all time? That you might think they're gross, but grossing means, you know, they're actually making a ton of money. But the top grossing love story movie, guess what it is? Anybody know? Titanic. Titanic, people. Where's their love in a boat sinking? The dude's just frozen, sitting on a piece of plywood. Jack, no, Jack, no. It's horrible, that's not love. It's not love. You know, there's Titanic, the second one is Beauty and the Beast. Now, I don't know, who likes the old school Beauty and the Beast? Who likes the new one? Who doesn't like any Beauty and the Beast, period? All right, good for you. That's weird, but good for you. The new one is pretty awesome. It's pretty amazing how they brought like the real life and all the cool things, the candelabras, I'm all about it. It was pretty cool. But Beauty and the Beast, you know, I, 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 it's, it's weird. I'm not even gonna go further. Uh, Aladdin is number three. Aladdin is number three. The bro's fake. The dude is fake. Prince Alibaba, you ain't real, bro. But there's a love story there. It's crazy. What I do like is the magic carpet. Like that, like how the magic carpet like becomes a character in Aladdin is just genius. I love it. It's so cool. Uh, Number four is Shrek. (laughs) Any ogres in the room? Come on. I don't know. I, I do love, oh, that's messed up, Stags. That is messed up. Everyone knows he's the character from Up. Russell. Anyways. I'm sorry, I, I love you, Minard, I love you. Um, but yeah, number four is Shrek. I love a good love story. And you know, the ogres, they, they make it happen. You know, Princess Fiona, um, all, I, all I remember is Lord Farquaad. <laughs> that dude, he gets me every single time. It's just, oh man, it's awesome. Um, I think, hold on, the best scene, okay, uh, you have to know the backstory. Growing up, my parents, my, my mom, when it came Christmas time, um, she, she loved gingerbread men. I don't know why, but to this day, I am petrified. I am frightened of gingerbread men because when I was younger, she bought these little gingerbread men that go on the fireplace and they just sit there like this all day. And I'm sitting there as a five-year-old, I'm like, he moving, he looking at me. And so I love the part where he rips the little legs on, I was like, and I'm like, get it, you deserve that. Anyways, number five, I can't believe I'm saying this on a stage at church, Twilight. Any Twilight fans? You're all sinners. You're going to hell. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Well, hopefully you profess your belief in Jesus and you're saved, hallelujah. Uh, number six, Forrest Gump. Don't know how it got on there. Life is like a box of chocolates though, amen, amen. Uh, My personal two favorites, you might be completely, they're not even on the top 10. You might not have ever seen them before, but my wife introduced me to these two. And to this day, they're still my top like romance flick movies. I love them. The first one is The Notebook. Anybody with me? Girls, come on, cheer me on. Tell your man. He's got to watch Ryan Gosling in The Notebook. Like, I mean, just take notes the whole time. 
love letters. Got it. Like, got it. Just write it down. Uh, my other one, and it's really sad, but you might not have ever heard this before, but walk to remember with Mandy Moore. Anybody, anybody know what I'm even talking about? Adults in the back? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. There's something about it. There's something about it. Uh, but when you look at these love stories, when you think of love stories, I automatically think of movies. But by definition, you know, there's two types of love stories. There's the romance. And what defines a romantic novel, a romantic story, is at the very end. You know what it says? And they lived happily ever after. You see, that's what defines a romantic, a romance novel is they live happily ever after, that it all goes their way and somehow this guy's in Italy and she's in Texas and they just somehow fall in love on Snapchat and they fly and somehow they just run into each other at the Houston airport like, oh, you're so-and-so. And it's like, oh, you're cute. You're better in person. And somehow they have a next layover that's like, oh, we saw each other in New York. Who knew? And it's just like these romances that at the end, they lived happily ever after. But then you have the actual love stories. And here's the definition of a love story. The main plot centers around individuals falling in love, obviously, and struggling to make the relationship work. So in a true love story, a problem always arises. So let's go back to the movies, Twilight, or sorry, not Twilight, Titanic. What's the problem? The boat sinks, right? I'd say that is a pretty big issue. Like, and the dude freezes to death right? And just goes into the abyss. Anyways, that's a pretty big issue. Beauty and the Beast, he's a beast. Like, this ain't gonna work, bro. Like, shave yourself, right? Um, Aladdin, one, he's a fake prince, uh, and it's all just through this genie guy. And then eventually, you know, they do fall in love back in. Like, oh, I just, I love for you being you. I don't need the prince. I don't need the castle. Girl, you crazy. She like, I want Prince Alibaba back. Anyways, uh, you got Shrek, right? You have an ogre that falls in love with a princess. Uh, pretty hard to get over that, but we all know she becomes an ogre too, right? Any girl in the room, you would choose being an ogre, ogre over a princess? Nobody, cool, nobody. Uh, Twilight, I'm, I've never watched it before. I've, I've been in a tribute video on YouTube. You can look it up. Uh, but Twilight, don't look it up. Please, please don't ruin my reputation. Uh, Twilight, it's, it's like a weird love triangle between a werewolf and a vampire. That's all I have to go. Uh, Forrest Gump, I don't even know how this is a love story. Um, but Jenny, that's all I know. That's all, that's all I know. Uh, the notebook, he goes off to war. She falls in love with another dude. He comes back after writing all these letters to her and just like, just is persistent. The dude is persistent. I'm telling you, boys, you wanna get the girl of your dreams. Watch the notebook and get a notebook. Just write it down, all the notes you can possibly get. Uh, walk to remember, this is really sad. She develops a type of cancer in this guy that used to just look down at her. She wasn't in the cool crowd. Like he goes out of his way and begins to just like fall in love with this girl. But you know, what defines a love story isn't just the characters. It's not just the plot, it's the action. You see, the definition, once again, is the main plot centers around individuals falling in love and struggling to make the, uh, let's back up, struggling to make the relationship work. A problem arises. 
You see, this morning as you're sitting in this room, you are in the middle of a love story. That you were in love with the Father in the garden and then sin came into the world. The biggest problem we've ever known. And still we're struggling to make the relationship work. God sent his son to you. There's no struggle there. The struggle is with you and me. Do we pick the world or, or do we pick the word? Do we pick the flesh or do we pick the spirit? Do we pick the things of God or the things that are against God? We are in the middle of the love story and the creator of the heavens and the earth has already declared his love for you. So will you declare your love for him and make it work? You see, the beauty of the love story is that you fall in love, the problem arises, but always, almost always, they come back together at the end, they're reconciled. And you see, that's who Jesus is for us. He brings us back to the Father, back into relationship with a God who loves us so much. You see, I wanna give you a one-liner this morning. This isn't a point, I just wanna give it to you. As I was thinking about this message this week, something jumped out to me. That love must be expressed. It's not just an expression. Love must be expressed is not just an expression. What is an expression? It means, oh, I like these things. I'm just gonna talk about these things. The word expression is a noun, but express, that's a verb. You're putting action behind it. You see, like I said, I'm in a love story, not just with my heavenly father and him sending Jesus to me, but my wife. Like she is the prize of my life. And how do you think our relationship will work on a daily basis if on Mondays only I'm like, hey, baby, I love you. And then I talk to her the rest of the week. I just ghosted her the rest of the week. Do you think by Sunday she's gonna be like, oh, I know he loves me. It's okay. He doesn't talk to me for five days at a time, but I know, I know he loves me. I mean, he doesn't act like it, but he says the words. Let's be real. That's what you're doing to God, right? You show up to church, you're like, oh, God, I love you. God, you're good. God, you're amazing. You're the blessing of my life. You're watching over me. Oh, I love this. And you go some all week. Then you show back up the next Sunday. God, you remember, I love you. I don't act like it. I don't talk like it. I don't surround myself with the right people and the right, right relationships. But God, I love you. No, love must be expressed. It's not just an expression. Love is action. And God showed us what love is by sending his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for us. This is what we've talked about, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son as a free gift. And whoever would believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. There's action. So are you willing? Are you able? Are you ready to put action behind your love for the Father? You see, today we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and it begins like this. Paul writes, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not loved, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, sacrificed body, but have not love, I gain nothing. Point number one this morning is this. Write it down, put it on your notes, text it to a friend, whatever you gotta do. Love is what we do. Love is what we do. Love must be expressed. Love is in action. By definition, it's a verb. You gotta just do it, right? Nike fans out there, swoosh. 
Love is what we do. We have to put action behind it because God put action behind his love for us. And if you just reduce Christianity, this religion that we're a part of, down to one word, guess what it would be? Be love. Love separates us from the world. Love changes us. And love must be what we do. Because you see how Paul writes, I can do all these cool things. I can be the best preacher. I can, I can know the most scripture. I can be the best worshiper. Like I, I can do all these things. Everyone can look at me like the best. But I, if I have not love, I gain nothing. Without love, there is nothing. Without love for us this morning, there is no savior. Without love, there is no salvation. But with love, God sent his son to die on a cross for us so as we believe in him, we have salvation. We have everlasting life. And our response to the Father in heaven as he has shown his love to us is show our love back to him. Love is what we do. What is love? Oh, come on, give it to me. What is love? Love is what we do. You see, Paul continues to write. He says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy, it does not boast, it is not arrogant or rude, it does not insist on its own way, it is not irritable or resentful, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. How many have you heard this in a wedding atmosphere? Have you heard it? How many have just heard this verse, period? I mean, it might be on your, your parents' fireplace mantle. There might be a cute little picture that has it at the bottom. Love is patient, love is kind. We know it, we've heard it before at least. But what does it mean? You see, love itself is not any of those things. But someone who becomes love, somebody who embodies love is all of those things. That love by itself isn't patient. Love by itself isn't kind. But someone who shows love, who acts upon love, is patient, is kind. Are you following me this morning? That love isn't just what we do. Here's point number two. Love is who we are. We must become love because of the love the Father has shown to us. So when we start acting out the love God has shown us to those around us. We are patient, we are kind, we do not envy, we do not boast, we are not arrogant or rude. You see how it all plays together? That we must become love, not just put the actions behind it, but become love to the world around us because that's what God is and that's who Jesus became. In order for us to understand what love is, we had to see Jesus himself. You see, when Paul is writing these words, he's not writing to a, a happy husband and wife or a husband and wife to be. He's not in this, this courtroom or he's not in this, this uh, wedding chapel. And the, all right, you know, let me write it to the church of Corinth real quick. You know, love is patient, love is kind. Y'all can use this for all your weddings. Here we go. No. He's writing to a group of people where tension and bears are high. Whether it was moral or ethic reasons, there were so many barriers in this culture that he knew love has no barriers. Love that we see in Jesus has no barriers. Defines all odds, goes against all odds. 
See, love is who we are. So you see, let me ask you this morning, what does love look like? You see what Paul writes, it's, it's patient, it's kind. You're, you're putting these actions behind. It's not irritable, it's not resentful. It, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So what does love look like for you when your best friend stabs you in the back? What does it look like? What does it look like when your, your parent, your, your mom or your dad just leaves the house, your parents get a divorce? What does love look like for you? How do you respond? What's the action that's next? You see, when we become love, we become patient, we become kind, that no matter what situation that we're in, we respond with love. We don't react with love, we respond with love. No matter what situation, we go, all right, how can I bring this back together? Because you see, love brings things back together. Whether, it was, whether it's the definition of a love story that this situation, this problem arises, but eventually they come back together. Whether it's the romantic novel definition that, hey, there's the happy, happily ever after. And you, under, you gotta understand something. The happily ever after looks different for all of us. But overall, it looks the same as long as you believe in Jesus. The happily ever after is that one day we will be reunited in heaven with the Father, that the love he's shown us will bring us back to him. Amen? That's our love story. That's the love story you and I are wrapped up in. And because we get so wrapped up in it, because God has written down the story for us, as we're reading it this morning, love isn't just what we do. Love is what? Who we are. We must become love. It looks different, but overall it looks like Jesus. See, Paul ends our passage today with this. He says, love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. You know what Paul's trying to tell us? We will never completely comprehend and understand what love is on this side of heaven. But we can see and experience what love is through Jesus and through his word. I love how he ends, verse 13. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is what? The greatest of these is, starts with an L, ends with of. Piece it together, L, of, plus, you get it? The greatest of these is, there you go, love. The greatest of these is Love, how? Because love is who he is. There is no love outside of the presence of the Father. There is no love outside of Jesus. That is who he is. First John chapter four, verses seven and eight. Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. 
Love is who he is. And that's why he declared his love for you. So what does that look like for us today? How do we respond to the things around us? How do we respond when resentful people come attack us? How do we respond when our best friends stab us in the back? How do we respond? See, one, we respond in love. How do we do that? Because it's who you were created and called to be. And that's the truth I wanna tell you this morning. God is love. And because he is love, he has created you to love. And because a situation arose, because something was tearing us apart, because sin entered the world, he had to show us once again, I created you to be like this. So I'm gonna show you through my son. I'm gonna put action behind my words. I love you. Here's my son. I will sacrifice him on a cross for you out of my love. And as we look upon Jesus on the cross, all you can see is love itself. That he came for me. He died for me. No matter what I've said about him, no matter how I've cursed at his name, no matter how I've used his name in vain, he still loves me. There's, no, there's not a distance you can run away from God where he still does not love you. There's nothing you can do where he still won't love you. God loves you. He's shown it to you, he's proclaimed it to you, and he wants you to experience it through his son, Jesus Christ. And because God is love, he created you to be in his image, to be in his likeness. Therefore, you and I are called to be love, to love our brothers and sisters, to love our parents, to love authority, to love those around us, to love those that are popular, to love those that are lowly. We are called to love. And it's not easy. It's not easy. But the ultimate example of all time is Jesus Christ. And I promise you today, if you will follow Jesus, you will follow his example, and you will follow who he is, then you will be able to proclaim the same love that God's shown to us, to those around us. Thanks for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or even take a screenshot and share it to your social stories and make sure to tag us at Crossroads Youth. Thanks again for listening. See you soon.